Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of About to Review. I'm your host, that guy named John, and I'm sitting across the table because he's actually in town this time with my good friend, Ryan Berkeley. John, <laughs> how's it going, yes. man? <laughs> I was like, you're really leading into something. No, you got no- nothing special, but uh, it's nice to be officially uh, mic'd and um, in a professional environment. And I'm ready to go. Let's do it. I'm excited. Fantastic. So this episode is going to be about a genre of film that Ryan is an expert in. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) And he takes such pride in that. Uh, So Ryan, tell us about, tell me and the listeners, what are the movies we're going to be talking about today? Today, we're going to be talking about um, films that feature... Um, one or more professional wrestlers from the then <laughs> WWF, uh, and hopefully we'll keep it pre-93. Okay. Because, uh, disclosure, I don't care about any wrestling that has occurred post-1993 in the Attitude Era. That's kind of where it got just Is to... that what it was called? Is that a thing? It, it started right around, somewhere around there, and, um... It started somewhere around there, I think, maybe 94, but uh, I hmm. think I was becoming more of a teenager, interested in other things, and I uh, became less interested. Uh, and then, it, in my opinion, it just really got crappy for, <laughs> from now on, or from then until now, I would guess. I, I just don't have any interest. I'm very, I like classic stuff. Uh, my pop culture, very classic. I mm-hmm. like 80s. I like 70s. Uh, some 90s stuff, occasionally. But, but when it comes to the golden era of wrestling, for you, that was the <clears throat> 80s for sure. Mid to late 80s was, it was like a concentrated five years of so much cool stuff happening. And it seems like so much um, history and events that happened and characters and costumes and everything. And it was just in a, like a five year span, you know, five, give or take five years. Mm-hmm. Very concentrated, um, a lot of fun stuff that's very memorable, for me at least. Now, before we go into these films, which, full disclosure, (laughs) I had not seen most of these, (laughs) and only because Ryan is such a good friend, did I suffer through (laughs) all of these movies. (laughs) How many do you think you watched? I watched, well, there there were a couple that we will get to that I already had seen a bunch of times. Yeah. Some of these, though, I remember them. In bits and pieces, but I had never sat down to watch it beginning to end, and I have, and I kind of hate myself for it. Yeah, um, <laughs> you're not going to get that time back. Uh, but for you, I, I did it. Thank you. And so. for you, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. <Yeah. laughs> for, uh, the, for the podcast. Yes. Yeah. I do this for you, the listeners. Yeah. So y- you owe me. <laughs> um, so before we go into the movies, so when we talk about the golden age of wrestling, in the 80s what was it for you because like when i was a kid i remember wrestling being a thing but i never really got pulled into it what what pulled you into wrestling in the first place uh when i think back to early memories um i may want to say you know definitely mid 80s mm-hmm. uh i go back to there was a cartoon called uh hulk hogan's rock and rolling wrestling <laughs> It was, a, I think it was a Saturday morning cartoon. It featured like main characters, Andre, uh, Junkyard Dog, and then uh, Tito Santana, Hulk. Mm-hmm. Maybe Wait, Hulk. what was the title? Hulk Hogan. Hulk, Hulk Hogan's Rock and Roll and Wrestling. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think they infused uh, wrestling and rock and roll in a, in a cartoon. Mm-hmm. And they were always 
uh, running around, and then there was the team of the heels, which are the bad guys, and you had Piper, Sheik. Actually, Andre was a good uh, cartoon character. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe Nikolai Volkov and uh, Big John Stud. But anyway, um, that was a, a very colorful cartoon, mm-hmm. but that's not why I liked wrestling. I, I watched a lot of actual wrestling, but the cartoon helped when you were a kid. Right. Um, it was your gateway drug. Yeah, yeah, I remember that, and I remember, you know, early WrestleManias. Uh, But I always liken wrestling for a kid. uh, Those were like real-life superheroes. Mm. You can, you you rooted for, there was heroes, villains, you rooted for the good guys. They were colorful. They were actual people. They were muscular. Mm. Um, They weren't like... I might have (laughs) disagreed with you on the muscular... The the era that we grew up with watching these, like yeah, looking back at this, like yeah, they were rocking dad bods before dad bods were a thing. Yeah, <laughs> um, the physiques definitely started to get more steroidy towards the nineties. <laughs> there, yeah, in, in the earlier you go with wrestling, you'll see a lot of uh, kind of a little fluffy. Fl- so we say flabbier. Uh, well, and it was also like the. It almost seemed like coming off like remember watching those old like PE videos from the fifties? <laughs> yeah. Where it was like calisthenics kids. Yeah. It was that type of body. Yeah. <laughs> where like yeah. every now and then you would get someone who had like, you know, really solid musculature, but a lot of it, they're wearing granny panties. Yeah. And just yeah, pretty fluffy. And even like the most ripped guy from like the fifties, mm-hmm. if you compare him to like a moderately ripped guy now, it's it's almost night and day because yeah. I don't know. They Maybe they didn't know how to work certain muscles back then. I don't <laughs> right. know. Um, so anyway, yeah, they were kind of like, um, I thought of them as kind of like superheroes that you could um, identify, not identify with, but like cheer for. And mm-hmm. um, it was just, and they were like soap operas. There were stories yeah. and, and storylines and people going face and heel, which means um, if you're bad, you turn good. Or if mm. you're good, you turn bad. And it's usually like a big moment uh, when you least expect it uh, in front of a audience of you know 50,000 people in a big stadium or something like that and all of a sudden a guy you hated forever is now like oh he's doing the right thing by shutting up this you know um, a-hole manager that he used to work for whatever mm-hmm. and you're all of a sudden this you only knew him as a bad guy and now he's like he's he's part of the good guy team now and you're going to embrace him and <laughs> give me one example that I would know not being a huge wrestling fan. Uh, a good one for me um, would be, you remember the Million Dollar Man? Ted DiBiase? Yes. Total a-hole, <laughs> uh, complete heel. He never, he was always heel. He never had a turn to be okay. uh, a baby face, what they call it. Uh, but he so had- So many terms. Yeah, there's I'm a, learning, there's a lot of- so much. There's a lot of terminology. Um, he had Virgil, his bodyguard. Of course. Okay, so Virgil- wait, well, oh, wait. A professional wrestler yeah, had a bodyguard. He did. Sure. He, he was that rich and powerful. He didn't want anybody to touch him, whatever. So Virgil did all of his dirty work. Literally, there's episodes of him cleaning his uh, million-dollar man's toenails, all this like <laughs> these stupid things. And everybody hated Virgil along with million-dollar man. Mm. But something happened. It was... Uh, I, I, some of this information is going to escape me. I don't know everything, everybody. But, right. Uh, there was a... I want to say during a WrestleMania... Um, in the middle of the ring after a match, I think DiBiase lost. He was urging Virgil to pick up his million-dollar belt. Mm. And Virgil was on his knees in front of everybody. And everybody's probably going, you know, no, Virgil. And Virgil, um, 
he picked it up and when DiBiase's back was turned, he waffled him in the back of the head with it and everybody went crazy. Wow. And this person you knew only as this villainous bodyguard that never talked is all of a sudden like this heroic um, hmm. hero now. And uh, it started a big feud between them. And it's a, it's an, uh, yeah, it's just, they're fun stories. <laughs> okay. So that, yeah, that, that, would, that would be an example of, you know, a turn, a turn, a turn. Yeah. Face to heel or yeah. heel to face in that sense. Yeah. And I could talk about many more, but <laughs> well, that's, yeah. It ties in. Yeah. It ties in. So the movies and, that, that we are going to be looking at. Yeah. Coming at it from my perspective of, again, the names are really familiar. Yeah. For, for some of the wrestlers. Some of them I know better than other ones. But I do not know what a lot of their shtick was or gimmicks they call or them gimmicks yeah so that is where your expertise i'll i'll fill it in is going to come in <laughs> handy yeah so how about we start with and again a lot of these movies you will find the listeners you will you will notice that these were all within a couple years of each other because again we're purely addressing the golden age or ryan's golden age of wrestling which was the 80s yeah so not only are these 80s I will not even... I almost called them classics. Um, <laughs> these were 80s films. Yeah. Uh, only one of which I think is a classic. Or yeah. uh, two. And but. by the way, this was the this was the height of... With the WrestleManias, mm. I feel like the viewership was insane. It was new. I mean, in 1980, I think I want to say five, was WrestleMania one. And it was, was 1985. For whatever reason, I feel like it started so long ago. It might ago. have been 80. It's, I have 83 or 85 wow. in my head, but I want to say 85. And before that, it wasn't really televised. Na- it wasn't televised nationally. There was like little um, air pockets, um, uh, promotions throughout the United States that okay. would be on like their public channels. But this was n- worldwide or not. I guess maybe worldwide. Probably Nation- on pay-per-view or something. Yeah, nationwide. So everybody had wrestling fever in the 80s, and I think that's why these actors started doing movie roles. They were trying to segue into like, you know, other types of media that they could um, further their careers, <laughs> which I don't know if there's a lot of successful movies, so they, I think mm. they all kind of sputtered out, but let, we'll explore it right now. <laughs> <laughs> we, we will. <laughs> so the first movie, and I thought about putting these in chronological order. I thought about doing it randomly, but we would just go with kind of the ones that I watched in order of those. And the one of the, the one, the first movie that Ryan suggested specifically that I needed to watch is hell comes to frog town from 1988. So starring, (laughs) starring Rowdy Roddy Piper. And I think he is the, only one in this but again i could be wrong because i feel like if there were other wrestlers in this yeah to me they were not as recognizable to my knowledge he's the only wrestler in this movie and maybe the only name anybody's ever heard of <laughs> i know there were some babes and some frogs <laughs> uh yeah there were definitely those two things yeah i don't remember how i found out about this movie um but I do remember when I did find out, I was definitely in high school, probably a sophomore, which would have been 95. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really into um, uh, horror science fiction. Mm-hmm. And I really um, liked the idea of 
uh, mutants and like especially like I, there was another movie called Oblivion which I think is early mm. 90s which was uh, a mix of Alien in Old West before Cowboys and Aliens whatever that movie came okay. out uh, and I love the idea of this western town with these mutants and uh, cybernetic people in them and it kind of I want to say might have been spawned by Hell Comes to Frogtown. But, oh, you know what? It, it, what it is, I think it's, um, I really love Wasteland movies. And I just remember, okay. I think that go. Hell Comes to Frogtown is like a post-apocalyptic uh, with mutants. And that was like right up my alley. I loved it. That definitely, I mean, I could see that. Yeah. I could see that. So the the synopsis. <laughs> Here we go. For this movie. <laughs> oh, man. So Rowdy Roddy Piper plays Sam Hell and he becomes a prisoner I guess of this of this group of women because women kind of run what is left of the world um the reason he is captured is because he is very fertile <laughs> uh yeah and they need him to essentially inseminate every fertile woman they can find scantily clad babes i feel like weren't they all yeah yeah they, they were all scantily clad and doing dances yeah. that were just the most awkward <laughs> weird <laughs> yeah were there any other males i can't remember I've... there were yeah there were a couple of guys in it okay uh not many yeah uh human guys there mm. were some frog people yeah. because apparently so this movie takes place after World War Three, Right. And it says something in the opening crawl, you know, in 10 years after the war, 10,000 years of evolution went to nothing. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> like, it just, it, it, it just from the beginning is just weird. Yeah. Just right off the bat, before you get introduced to all of the rest of the craziness. Yeah. So when did you, like, was this something when you were a kid did you hear about? Was this later what was your first interaction with this? This movie? Mm-hmm. Like I said, I don't really remember. I almost think I, rem- I, ha- I remember having a page torn out of a Rolling Stone magazine that had uh, like the 15 or 20 like best science fiction movies or horror movies. And that and They Live were on there. And I was very mm. intrigued with the post-apocalyptic thing. And mm-hmm. I think we had a great video store in Chico, California where I'm kind of from that had a great cult section. I'm sure my mom went and rented it for us. Who My mom let us watch anything at any age, by the way. So my brother and I... I was like, (laughs) okay. My brother and I rented it probably more uh, than one occasion. And um, yeah, I I think those are the... So you are admitting on on wax, as we say... You have seen this movie more than once? I I really think we, we might have like did the double VCR record my own copy of it. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And it, it, I think it was in my collection for a while. <laughs> wow. Kind of wish I still had it. Oh, r- really? Cause I, I have a copy right now. <laughs> to my Man. knowledge, I don't think it's available on DVD or certainly not Blu-ray, but I'd be, yeah. you know what? Give it to me. I'd love to watch it again. Okay. Cause talking about it again, uh, <laughs> it's, was it at least entertaining for you? It, it was. So to kind of go into more of, what happens mm-hmm. in this movie? So Roddy Roddy Piper, Sam Hell, is taken prisoner. And because he is so valuable, and by he, I mean his junk yeah. is so valuable, mm-hmm. 
they put on this giant government-issued chastity belt. Oh, yeah. That only one woman, his main, uh, not bodyguard, his main uh, handler, I guess, Mm -hmm. has a remote for. Right. And now keep in mind, like, the way that I view this, and yes, I'm looking at it through a filter, you know, of when I'm watching it now. Yeah. This is in the 80s at the height of safe sex and all of those (laughs) uh, government programs and all of that. One of the first scenes, they show this chastity belt. They scroll over to the... The camera scrolls over to the wall. There's a big sign that says condoms and a slash through it. Because <laughs> it's like, wait, what? Yeah. So that that was just interesting. Yeah. Right huh. off the bat. His two... The two women that are safeguarding him to go capture... Or not capture, rescue these other group of women who have been held hostage... By the main frog bad yeah. guy. Yeah. Um, one of them is a very pre-Furiosa uh, woman. Her name is Sentinella. Oh, that, that kind of <laughs> rings a bell. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, and yeah, she she was kind of the tough one. She was the one with the guns and everything. The other woman and her character's name, what was it? Spangle. Okay. Spangle was her name. Played by Sandal Bergman, uh-huh. who when I'm watching this, I'm like, is this Katie Seagal from oh. Married with Children, from Futurama, from so many? Yeah, other... it looked really similar, and I was like, please tell me it is not. Yeah, please tell me she did not choose to do this, and it is not. Yeah, <laughs> but man, does it look like her. So was that one of the two handlers you said? Yes. Okay. That, that was Spangle. That was the one that has eyes for him. Uh, but also does the most awkward dancing. Oh, okay, I remember the blonde all time. one. Yes, I had the hots for her as a kid. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay, I think I remember uh, thinking she was Foxy. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. And I also really loved Katie Seagal too. I still do. But well, no, <laughs> Katie Seagal is awesome. Yeah, this woman who just looks like an emaciated version of her. Yeah, it was just awkward. Yeah, it was just weird. Um, so at one point they happen upon this girl out in the desert and they drug her and then at one point Spangle's like alright Sam do your oh, stuff yeah, I remember that scene and they're just like ugh yeah <laughs> like wait the, the government is basically like hey this girl I just drugged go do your thing yeah super awkward and again even in 1988 I'm like how did this get made yeah like were people not thinking about that that's a good yeah that's a good point <laughs> <laughs> um, and like when it comes to this movie, I think this whole movie there are some desert landscapes mm-hmm. and whatever. I'm pretty sure this was shot within one square mile. Like everything looks like, <laughs> like it looks like a high school production. Yeah, just put this together and it was like, all right, uh, we got a guy who is kind of good with makeup. Yeah, and we got a guy who is kind of good at this, and yeah. they just threw it all together. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. There was they made a lot of junky movies back then. I wonder what the budget was for it. Oh, God. I do not even know. Yeah. But it was it was real bad. At one point when Roddy Piper is fighting the main frog guy, who I cannot even remember his, his name. Was he, like, like, huge? Oh, yeah. Okay. Comically yeah. large. It was basically the Captain Kirk versus the Gorn yeah. fight, yeah. but worse. Okay. <laughs> which is hard to do. Yeah. 
an awkward scene that sticks that sticks out for me. I remember is the dancing frog trying to woo. Was, oh my gosh! Was someone trying to woo Piper. Yeah, and with like a, a what do you call a mask over her face? Yeah, like this mutant at a bar is doing this quote unquote sexy dance. Yeah, and is just disgusting. And I mean, you know, whatever. Frogs love frogs too. I mean, whatever. <laughs> you love what you love, but man, it was rough. Yeah, real, real bad. I hope we're. Uh, Peaking some interest here and in some listeners and <laughs> inviting them to go check out some scenes on YouTube. I mean, yes, that is what I would recommend. It, I dare you <laughs> to watch this from beginning to end. Yeah. Unless you are A, a yeah. glutton for punishment, B, really like terrible movies. Mm-hmm. But if not, just look some of the stuff up on YouTube because it is crazy. The director fascinates me. And the director I'm going to do more investigation on, mm-hmm. Donald Jackson. Mm-hmm. He made two other Frogtown movies. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, which the, I haven't seen. The later two, he came up with this technique called Zen filmmaking, which is sound. It is as ridiculous as it sounds. He would write a loose structure, tell people where they needed oh. to be, and then turn the camera on, <laughs> and then just go. No script. Wow. And right. he said it bring it brought about the true art and blah. I have to see those movies. I, I have to see those movies now. Too. I, I cannot imagine how terrible they're going to be. Yeah, and I think that Piper was not involved in those. No, yeah. he, he was not. They probably got D-E-list people. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, wait, if they started with Piper, yeah. where do you go? So what did you think of Piper's performance as an actor? Terrible. Terrible? Real, real bad. I did think it was interesting that at one point, to cover his chastity belt... He was like tied a shirt around his waist, mm-hmm. very reminiscent of the kilt that he used to wear oh, yeah. in the ring. Yeah, so uh, that was kind of a tie-in. I was like, probably, All right. probably a little nod. I guess. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, he had to have done it on purpose. Yeah. So, but overall, this movie was painful. Yeah, it was real. And I like bad movies every now and then. Yeah. This this was a struggle, but at yeah. least as I'm watching it, you can laugh at how ridiculous right. it is. Yeah. One thing I just remembered about Hell Comes to Frogtown, we were playing Beyond Balderdash, which is a game where you can kind of fool people, and there's a mm-hmm. movie category. And one, the movie we I drew was Hell Comes to Frogtown, so I'm supposed to wow <laughs> talk to the people playing and trying to come up with a bogus synopsis to uh, to see if anybody. And I actually had seen these are supposed to be so obscure that like hardly has anybody's ever seen these movies. Right. And I wrote the actual synopsis. I don't know how it was, but I. I think that is was... the problem, though, is then you write the real synopsis. Right. No one is going to believe you. Yeah, I don't remember what I did, but um, everybody was really laughing that I knew what that movie was. Yeah. This is years ago. Too. As well, they should. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so that was Hell Comes to Frogtown. Yep, the... Sam Hell Comes to Frogtown. <laughs> the first on our list. And before you, spoiler alert, do you think these movies are going to get any better as we got on this list? From hell, um, <laughs> one will. Okay. Yeah. All right. I don't. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna bring up some maybe things that you might not have on the list that were good movies with appearances. But okay. if you have a, a a wrestler driving a movie, it's not gonna be good. <laughs> yeah, and we will get to that because there there are a couple movies on our list. Yeah. That are fantastic movies. Yep. That happen to have a wrestler in them. Good cameos, yeah. So because they were right for the part, yeah. Uh, the next movie is not one of those movies. <laughs> next movie is from 1987, starring 
again, he could not do any wrong in the 80s. Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, in The Running Man. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> if you can, Ryan, can you remember the plot to this movie and explain it to the people? I know that the actual Stephen King story differed, I want to say, you quite, think? quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. I loved The Running Man. I probably would still find it very enjoyable if I watched it again. Uh, what I liked about The Running Man was the idea of the gladiators. And it was almost like a video game, like bosses. Mm-hmm. And they were colorful and they were big and bad. Uh, and Schwarzenegger had to you know, confront each one of them. Um, the plot, Ben somebody gets, uh, he, um, he was falsely accused of some horrendous, like, bombing somebody with a copter or something like that mm-hmm. and was forced to participate in a crazed game show in front of America who wanted blood and death on national TV mm-hmm. and they I believe they wagered yep yep there were a lot there were people wagering in the street in yeah. the studio and uh Richard oh boy from Family Feud um <laughs> the host he was the, uh, oh, the yeah, bad yeah. guy uh that was uh Dawkins Richard Dawkins. There you go. Yep, Dawson. Dawson, sorry. Um, was kind of the um, the host of, I guess it was a game show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a game show. But very kind of post-apocalyptic, running mm-hmm. through a giant maze, um, <laughs> trying to survive with a couple of other felons, mm-hmm. and a lot of them getting sawed up and, and mutilated by these giant gladiators. Mm-hmm. Yep. That, in a, in that, a that, nutshell. That, that <laughs> Next movie. No, yeah, <laughs> we're done. Um, so this, <laughs> this movie... Was more entertaining yeah. than Hell Comes to Frogtown. Had a, probably a bigger budget. Oh, yeah. Bigger yeah. budget. What was interesting in the crawl of this movie, in the beginning. <laughs> they all have crawls. Yeah. <laughs> this one, so it came out in 1987. This took place in the far-flung future <laughs> of 2017. Ooh, here we go. <laughs> so, yeah, so I expect this to be on broadcast soon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and again, like post-apocalyptic kind of dystopian future. Yeah, uh, where basically the media controls everything. Yeah, so it is like 2017. Yeah, huh. pretty much. <laughs> Imagine <Yeah>. that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Ben Richards, Arnold Schwarzenegger's character, is they have all this footage that they chopped up and edited to yes. make it look like he killed. And I can't remember fifteen thousand people from a helicopter. Why did they do that? Did they want him as a specimen to participate because they thought he had a chance? Yes. Okay. Because they saw him escaping. Oh uh, yeah. From jail which i forget why he was there in the first place and they saw how strong he was now big he was and mm-hmm. he was like i want him on my show yeah so they doctored everything to get him on the show poor guy he didn't, he didn't see it coming <laughs> right what the a... butcher of bakersfield yes that was what, that that was his nickname the butcher of bakersfield because again he was said to have killed all these people in bakersfield california yeah uh what was interesting one of the lines that he has that Arnold has in this when they wanted to be on this and all this he says I'm not into politics I'm into <laughs> survival that was a terrible Arnold impression but, but takes place yeah it takes place in California not uh, in politics yeah. and I was like oh, yeah I blame you because you yeah. grew up there in that oh, state I'm sorry about that <laughs> <laughs> good observation uh, thank you but it's just like the other thing is this has and I had to look him up because I recognized him immediately it has a character actor in it who is the most nervous man in show business. His name is Kurt Fuller, and mm-hmm. he will show up in another movie we talk about. But every time you see this guy, like he is very mousy 
and just nervous. So he plays like an account executive kind of in this movie. Yeah. Uh, to Richard Dawson. Okay. Was he the the guy who got stabbed in the back with a pen? Or is that... Yes. Okay. I know yeah. who you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, the other, so this one, this is a movie that does have more than one wrestler in it. It does. Um, and a football star. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, at that point, former fr- football former star. Former football star, yeah. Uh, Jim Brown. Jim Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Which, when he made the transition from football to movies, this man did everything. Yeah. Like, they would just hand him a script, yeah. give him $20 and a sandwich, and he was like, <laughs> cool, I'll be there Monday morning. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, he was in it. Uh, Jesse, the body Ventura. Yep. Who we should, I guess, focus on if we're talking about wrestlers in movies. I would think he's the main wrestler in this movie. Although... I think so. Yeah. Pro- Professor Tanaka, who played Sub-Zero, yes. mm-hmm. wrestled. Oh, he did? Yeah. He was... I believe he wrestled earlier before the WWF days. Hmm. He might have tagged with Mr. Fuji. <laughs> <Okay>. Shocking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do remember him. He was in uh, Three Ninjas. I'm sure. A, mo- a movie from the 90s. Yeah. He was in Pee-wee's uh, Big Adventure. He was like Francis's bodyguard, maybe. Wow. Yeah, he's been a he's a very recognizable character, and I think he was Odd Job in the. Uh, no. Oh, that, that was, was... Uh, Soto. Uh... Oh, Soto wrestled. Oh, was that? Yeah, I think Professor Tanaka from Running Man also wrestled too. Gotcha. There's probably wrestling fans out there who are just like screaming at us. Yes, yeah. and I apologize. <laughs> I'm doing my best, and I've had a little tequila. Right. <laughs> so about the mini bosses yeah. that that Ryan referred to. Uh, starting from the top, you have Buzzsaw. Buzzsaw was rad. I mean, he was really <laughs> full of testosterone, oh, yeah. to say the least. <laughs> a giant man with a giant chainsaw with also two chainsaws at his side that he yeah. never used. Over the top, yeah. For, for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, a, and maybe a bike? Did he? Oh, yeah. No, he had a motorcycle. Yeah. This movie, at least, and I said it before, was entertaining. In the sense, like, this is an action survival movie. Yeah. Script is terrible. Yeah. The way it was filmed, yeah, was okay. Mm-hmm. But it was entertaining because it was just so over the top. Uh, this, I think, this is 1988 uh, or 87. Arnold Schwarzenegger says a line in this movie that then he became synonymous with in a much bigger and much better movie, I'll Be Back. He says it in this movie, and I was like, wait, when did this come out? And I had to look it up. This is pre-Terminator. No, it couldn't have been. It's pre-Terminator 2. I think Terminator 1 was 85-ish. Oh, was it really? Yeah, check that. Because, term- yeah, Terminators are earlier than this. Okay. But the thing about Schwarzenegger is he's not above using that in every other movie. <laughs> so right. I think um, he's used it several times. Oh, it was 1984. Okay. 84, Okay. Yeah, and it's just like when you hear him say it in Running Man, it's uh, okay. See, with me, <laughs> we've heard like, that before, right? With me not knowing kind of when this came out and trying to piece yeah. it together, I was like, interesting. Yeah, this movie though tops out on the one-liners. Yeah, it does. With every villain, he has a one-liner that directly references <laughs> yes how he either dispatched right. that villain or something that happened. So I, I wish I could. I'm gonna try to name what the the one liners okay. are. Okay. So the first battle he has is with Professor Sub Zero. Yeah. Who is a giant man <laughs> who is wearing a goalie outfit and hockey skates and has a giant hockey a goalie stick 
that has a razor blade and a saw. And there's a lot of barbed wire. <laughs> and people are being used as pucks. <laughs> well, he, he has explosive pucks, kind of like pumpkin bombs. This Green is Goblin. so Nintendo. It's just like so... Yeah. It's, it's great. <laughs> uh, so uh, that was Professor Sub-Zero, Puck Bombs. Do you remember one, some of the one-liners from well, that? Well, one of them was definitely... Um, I think he's after he killed Sub Zero. He said, um, "Here's Sub Zero now, now just plain Zero. Yep, here is Sub Zero now plain Zero. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yep. And the crowd goes mild. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like really. And that's when he started worrying the executives and the host and mm-hmm. probably America watching that. Oh, this guy's a contender. He took out Sub Zero. I don't think that's ever been done before. Yeah, no, N- no one has ever survived this game before. Yeah." So, and he also wanted another another one-liner. That guy was a real pain in the neck. Oh, didn't he? Spoiler alert. <laughs> spoiler killed alert. him by strangled him, <laughs> strangling him with barbed wire or something? Yeah, probably some barbed wire. <laughs> Just like, yeah. oh boy. Uh, next villain was Buzzsaw. Mm-hmm. The motorcycle-riding, chainsaw-wielding, ridiculous villain. Yeah. I don't remember what happened with Buzzsaw when he died. I, he probably got sawed in half. In fact, he did. <laughs> My <laughs> good, memory. Good one. So it, here, in classic I, 80s action movie and even 90s, what is with the nut shots? Yeah. It feels like every 80s action movie, that was the go-to. Right. Yeah. Even in Hell Comes to Frogtown, oh, at one point, the frog gets, the main frog gets kind of turned on and he has three appendages. Yeah. And so she kicks him three times. <laughs> I was oh, like, God. come on. Yeah. So with Buzzsaw. I know this one. Okay, go for Somebody it. Somebody asked him what happened to him, and didn't he say he had to split? Boom. Look at Ryan over here. <laughs> he had to split. As and, they're running, I think. They're yeah, run- as they're running. As the running man. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> I think that's as far as I'm going to get with these, but I'll keep, I'll keep so trying. <laughs> uh, then you have Jim Brown as Fireball. Fireball. Yeah. So he, of course, had a jetpack. Because it was the 80s. Yeah. He had a jetpack. He had some flamethrowers and stuff. He was the l- less memorable for me. Which is funny because, like, he was the big star. Oh, was he the, like, the one? Well, I mean, like, other, I mean, people oh. knew who he was. Oh, like Jim, Jim Brown? Brown? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you meant Fireball. No. <laughs> like, Fireball is no, come the on now. <laughs> end boss. <laughs> no. Okay. So, of course, through that battle, uh, shocker. Yeah. Ben Richards wins. Yep. So, with that one, uh, do, do you remember? Just try, try and take a guess <laughs> what the, what the one liners were when he beat a man called Fireball. Oh man! Um, <laughs> try not to think too hard. <laughs> I am thinking. I'm overthinking it. Uh, there's got to be some kind of fire pun. Oh, there are two. Um, I I go for it. I All can't. right. So the first one, as this man, this this guy who yes was trying to kill him has been lit on fire and is burning to death. It's funny how their own weapons work against him. Of course. Of <laughs> course. So, burning to death, Arnold goes, how about a light? <laughs> <laughs> like, have some sympathy. You just murdered this man. <laughs> uh, and then his last one was, what a hothead. Oh, boy. <laughs> what are the writers doing? Seriously. So, it's it. this um, pattern is like, Every villain's getting like two one-liners, like yeah, one and then one like post-death when he's talking to his friends almost. Yeah, well, those are the only ones because then he goes on to fight Captain Freedom, 
mm-hmm. uh, who is Jesse the Body Ventura, mm-hmm. who comes in in this crazy elaborate costume yeah. and is like telling the executive producers of this show, he was like, I don't need this. I've been killing guys for 10 years. <laughs> and it was like, uh, okay. Uh, so, and that one, that was kind of a cop out. Because yeah. if you remember in the movie, they do fight. Jesse the body and Arnold fight. But it was it was all an illusion. Because in the TV show, they represented that fight as made up and oh, yeah. Arnold lost. Yeah. So they could try and like fool the people. Yeah. So it was just like, okay, sure. Right. Uh, but the last one that he actually fights was Dynamo. Dynamo was my favorite. <laughs> I lied on this. Dynamo is awesome. So <laughs> Dynamo is the one that makes the least sense yeah, he does. whatsoever. He Everything about him. Very, very large man mm-hmm. in a gladiatorial outfit. Tron outfit. With, yeah, with lights everywhere. Yeah. Singing opera. It's an opera, yeah. What? With, what? A, with electric, electricity powers. Because, <laughs> again, in the 80s, you could get away with a dude holding out his wrist and firing a lightning bolt. Yep. And people were like, oh, all right, that 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 works. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, it does not. So, and he is wearing, like, tidy whities Like, oh, they could yeah. not even spring for pants <laughs> for this man. <laughs> like, yes, he is a big man. Find some pants. Yeah. I liked I what was it about him? I I thought he was visually really cool with all the lights. Well, yeah, I mean visually, yeah. cuz there's a lot of shiny things. Yeah. And something about his nonchalant way of battle where he wasn't focused on the fight, but he was more interested in like entertaining the crowd by singing and also trying to kill somebody at the same time <laughs> um with these crazy methods he had. I thought mm-hmm. that was almost like a little frightening to a kid, like mm. he just was like um, so blasé about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that actor was—he's been in a couple other things. Uh, he, you know, plays the bald, tough guy. Mm-hmm. He, he was in a movie I really like called *The Wanderers*, which was like a hmm. greaser gang movie, but it was filmed in like the '80s. And he played a really big, like, bad gang member from a team called the Baldies. That's a good <laughs> <Wow>. movie. <laughs> yeah, *The Wanderers* is a good movie. I like that movie. Okay, but that's the—I think that's the only other thing I've seen him in. But. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, he did. He was a professional opera singer, like a yeah, trained he, opera he was. singer. Yeah, and then decided to do action movies. Yeah, and the <laughs> the director is like, you know what? Let's since you're a singer, let's uh, have some opera singing in our science fiction one more <laughs> Running Man movie. That makes sense. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So yeah, and then again, Arnold takes down the the machine, as it were, this media machine. Um. But yeah. This movie, I think what made this one more palatable is because it was Arnold. Right. Going into it, I was like, all right, this is going to be terrible. Yeah. I have seen almost every 80s to 90s Arnold movie at mm-hmm. some point in my life. Yeah. You know what to expect. Right. So this one, like, I went into it being like, all right. Yeah. So, oof. Yeah. I th- the costumes, the visuals are cool. The idea is interesting, mm-hmm. but it, it's... It's not great. I loved it as a kid. I think I did watch it most of it recently, and I'm like, this is, can't watch this. Yeah. yeah. And I really do want to read the Stephen King story, which is probably going to be really cool. Yeah. I'm interested in doing that. Yeah. To see what the hell happened. Right. With to, this. To compare and contrast. Yeah. Because yeah. as, as I talked about another episode with the book to movie yes. adaptations with my other friend, Ryan, um, shout out to him. He mentioned a couple Stephen King books book to movie adaptations yeah 
and Stephen King's reaction to them, some of yeah. which he loved, some of which he hated. I really want to know what Stephen King has to say about The Running Man. Or if he had any involvement. Oh, I hope not. Usually he makes cameos in his movies. I'm pretty sure he didn't make a cameo no. in this one. No, he definitely did yeah. not. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right, so that was The Running Man. The Running Man. 1987. Cross that one off the <laughs> list. Uh, do you want to go to a good one? Or do you want to go to like... I think there's so many bad ones. We probably won't need to do a couple more bad... One okay. or two more bad ones before we... Sounds sounds like a plan. Oh, wait. Yeah, go for it. Whatever you want to do. I just remember there are some, some good ones too. Yeah. So we will go with one that I watched most let's, recently. Let's raise some people's uh, spirits here. <laughs> mm, not going to do it with this one. Okay. So this was 1989. This is the only one on the list that was a WWE production or WWF production was never, it e or f i'll never say e okay. because i'm so old school I, it's just it's always wwf oh, right. for me because wwe is what they had to become they because switched of World wildlife fund yeah and that was right around the time i stopped to you know paying attention to gotcha um so wwf let's okay. say it. so this is a wwf produced film from 1989 no holds barred yeah <laughs> starring hulk hogan um and tiny lister Tim Tiny Lister. To- yeah, Tommy Junior. Tiny Tommy. Lister. Not Tiny Tim. Sorry. No, that would just be ridiculous. Yeah, that would be weird. <laughs> Wait, could they do like a Christmas Carol version of this? <laughs> uh, okay, so since you set up the last movie, yeah, I, will, oh, I will do my best <laughs> and set this one up. So Hulk Hogan, in a movie that is produced by his boss, by his company, is not playing Hulk Hogan. Yeah. He's playing a character called Rip, who Rip. who is a professional wrestler, um and <laughs> loves his fans, loves his brother. They have super weird relationship. <laughs> uh yeah. and then this new organization comes about that tries to pay him off. They're like, We want you to be you we want you to work for us. Here's a blank check. Write any number you want. So he turns them down, and they start kind of like scuffling with the same guy who was in the last movie, or not the last movie. Oh, that guy. Uh, yeah, Kurt, and I wrote his name down. Where did I put it? Uh, Kurt Fuller. The Weasley guy. And in this movie, he is at his smarmiest <laughs> and most nervous, because it just, he ratchets it up to 11. Yeah. So this guy starts pushing Hulk Hogan, or Rip. Like, you're going to take the money and blah, blah. And so then Hulk takes the blank check, shoves it down his throat and says, I'm not going to be here when that comes out. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, what? Oh, thanks for reminding me about that. What is happening? (laughs) Uh, This movie is insane. Yeah. It it was, uh, again, at the height of the wrestling. And I think that what happened, this happened... Right, WrestleMania six. Okay, Hulk Hogan. I think never lost a title. He's always been the champion. And that's when he went up against the Ultimate Warrior, mm-hmm. who was also a babyface good guy. So it was like two good guys going against each other. Oh, and no. I think they predetermined that Hogan was going to drop the strap to Warrior, which meant he was going to lose the title or give whoa, the whoa, belt. Whoa. You just said predetermined. Is wrestling not real? <laughs> Wait, what? What is happening right that's now? An, that's another story. Oh, you, uh, got, you have me real nervous. <laughs> Um, he wanted to leave wrestling for Hollywood. Oh, and I think that's, I think he went to No Holds Barred. Mm-hmm. And um, 
Warrior took over and became the Ultimate Warrior became the face kind of of WWF until Hogan decided to come back shortly after. Mm -hmm. So that was a little segue after making this amazing movie. Yeah, and you know what? There's a chance that I could be wrong. It could be Thunder in Paradise, another crappy movie he made. I hope I I want to say it's No Holds Barred, but uh, I apologize if if I'm incorrect. It could be Thunder in Paradise, but I it's got to be No Holds Barred. I think because that was like a better production. Sure, sure. Well, I think Thunder in Paradise was very bottom of the barrel. Mm. I haven't seen it, but I okay. I've only heard bad things. <laughs> yeah. Uh okay, so back to the back to the plot. Yeah. I guess. Uh so Kurt Fuller's character is the CEO or whatever of this company called World Television <laughs> News. <laughs> Just like okay, sure, sure, buddy. Uh they come up with since Rip turned them down. They need to come up with a new program that is going to take people by storm and entice Rip to work for them. So they come up with the <laughs> Battle of the Tough Guys. <laughs> like, is that word for word? Word for word. Ooh. So World Television News came up with Battle of the <laughs> Tough Guys. Do you have a marketing department, World Television <laughs> News? Like, that was it. So through this development of the Battle of the Tough Guys, a new challenger emerges. A man who I recognized immediately as Debo from the Friday movies uh, and a bunch of other stuff. But immediately that was where my mind goes. Uh, His real name (laughs) is not Debo. (laughs) Is, yeah, Tommy Tiny Lister, giant man. Yeah. So he comes on the scene, beats up all of the tough guys quote-unquote, and takes the world by storm. Kurt Fuller's character was like, this is my guy. This is the one who is going to take over and do all these cool things. Turns out, of course, Rip has a history with him. (laughs) His old trainer used to train this guy, but he was out of control and maybe killed somebody, (laughs) Um, but is out on the streets again, attempting to murder people again. Wow. So... His character's name is Zeus. Yeah. And uh, I found out that Zeus, the tiny lister, was actually wrestling for like a hot second. Ryan, tell me. Please tell me about that. What, what happened? I, what I know is I think that um, they segued that Zeus character from the movie and merged him into the WWF world. Okay. But Rip didn't bring the rip character to wwf right he came became hulk hogan again and then they feuded it was like a cross promotion type weird thing then why not just be hulk hogan in the movie (laughs) i think at that point he i don't know it's (laughs) maybe because it would just be like watching him wrestling on tv i don't right but in a movie form um yeah so zeus had a brief stint um in the wwf Mm mm-hmm and he teamed up with uh, Macho Man, who was then a, wow. a heel. Mm-hmm. And they had uh, Sensational Sherry as their manager, who was a, a rotten woman. <laughs> but, but, um. Oh, and a heel for the listeners. Yeah, heel is uh, a bad guy, basically. Yeah. And the one who is, like, usually meant to lose. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, not to get too far away from the movie, but when Zeus came into the WWF. Mm hmm. He was billed as, you know, just like the toughest, meanest, scariest villain they'd ever seen. Mm. He was huge. 
he was a big dude <laughs> ripped he was scary looking he has a crossed eye he had a z shaved in his head <laughs> he had uh like chrome knee pads and boots and belts he just was like he was a a tough hombre <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow <laughs> but um he i remember seeing footage of him in the ring mm-hmm. and kids eight nine years old would like be scared like hugging their parents like the kids mm. who thought you know this is a real bad person right. uh he was billed as a true villain and very difficult to defeat he i don't think he could feel pain you could smash him with chairs and all this stuff and he'd just sit there and scream at you mm-hmm. um yeah he, not, not the most articulate man <laughs> no no not really he was uh he he's kind of unhuman almost like the undertaker later on mm-hmm. but hogan and I want to say Brutus the Barber Beefcake, possibly tag team against Zeus. <laughs> These names yeah. are incredible. <laughs> it's a total other podcast one day. <laughs> right. Uh, I think it was Hogan and Beefcake versus Zeus and Macho Man, and then they finally ended up defeating him, and then he dis- disappeared and went back in to do a lot more movies. Hmm. But No Holds Barred was his, I want to say his breakthrough film. I mean, of all of these actors, or all of these wrestlers who wanted to get into acting, or actors who wanted to wrestle, you know, back and forth... I mean, Tiny Lister legitimately has had a career as an actor. Yes, he generally plays the big tough guy. Only. Yeah. Uh, but still, like, he has made a career out of it. Yeah, he's good. He's uh, he's a great actor. I mean, I think he's a great actor. It's it's tough to watch him in a movie and not think of him as, you know, the guy you've seen in every other movie. Yeah. Like, he doesn't really change his appearance. He's always right. crazed with the one crooked eye which is genetic like he actually is blind in his, in his oh, right he, eye oh he is in one yeah. eye okay mm-hmm. yeah um, I did my research <laughs> okay he was actually in the the dark knight yeah for like a, for a hot second yeah uh, and I liked him in Jackie Brown he was he yeah. did a good role um, yeah like of, of all of these he is the only one that like actually made it into movies as a good like character actor mm-hmm. yeah 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 and wasn't like cringingly cheesy True, which this movie, no holds barred. <laughs> I mean, this was like, as I'm watching it, I was like, okay, they had to have a writer's room. Was it 15-year-old boys? <laughs> like, this has every trope, everything a 15-year-old boy who is into wrestling at that mm-hmm. time would want to see Yeah, is in this movie, except for, I don't think there's any nudity. No. Um, I think that would be the only thing. <laughs> right. that Because uh, this is PG-13. They wanted to make sure the kids could watch it. Oh, why? The, uh, the kids, the kids. I don't know. They're, but they're at the heroes. same time, like the jokes in this, the tone, the humor, is not for kids. That's right. Like yeah. it is. It was just hard to watch because, just like with a lot of movies that we watch, we go back to watch from the eighties mm-hmm. that are either blatantly racist, yeah. sexist, or whatever. We're like, Ugh. yeah. But as a kid, you're right. You don't see it. So this one, it was just. It was. It was hard to watch. This, yeah. this is the one that I struggled with the most <laughs> because, like, I could recognize Hell Comes to Frogtown as just campy, super B movie. Yeah. Running Man, I was like, all right, Arnold Schwarzenegger, cheesy action, got it. Yeah. This one, I was like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. <laughs> like, there wasn't really any main wrestling movies before that one, too. I think they tried to make mm. a like a wrestling movie to, you know, piggyback on that wrestling success. Right. And it was really popular when it happened. I can imagine. But, um, yeah, kind of a train wreck. (laughs) (laughs) Well, at one point, when the final match is happening between Rip and Zeus, 
Think about what you just said. Right. I'm sounding like you. (laughs) Gross. Rip and Zeus. (laughs) So so they're fighting in this ring, and of course, Zeus is tearing Django apart, just beating him to a pulp. He rips out one of the the posts, the metal posts, Mm -hmm. and tries to murder Rip. Like, this is not like a wrestling where it's like, oh no, sleeper hold, like you see in the beginning of this movie. Yeah. No, he pulls out a sharpened metal pipe and tries to drive it through his chest. <laughs> and the whole crowd is like, yeah, like, that is attempted murder, everybody. Yeah, it's a little sensationalized. <laughs> and it was, I, before I watched or rewatched one of the other movies we'll talk about, this movie, No Holds Barred, had one of the longest, most unnecessary fights between Rip and Zeus. Like, it just kept going. Was it the final battle? Yes. Yeah. Just going. Yeah. And, of course, you have Rip, who would look to the side, and you'd see his brother, who was in a wheelchair and all beat up. <laughs> it was just like, what? Oh, wow. Did Zeus maim his brother? Oh, yeah. So that's why... Zeus beat him up real good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that scrawny guy. Uh, right. Who went on... Like, talk about character actors. Mm-hmm. That guy, uh, Mark Pellegrino. Yeah. Who, like, he is in everything. He was yeah. in Lost as Jacob. Oh, He's in that's Supernatural. Right. Like... You see him everywhere. Yeah. But this movie. Yeah. Oh, boy. Got to start somewhere. Yeah. (laughs) So did he, did Rip kind of, he not only was obligated to fight Zeus, but Mm -hmm. there was that personal. Oh, yeah. Vengeance. And uh, the subplot to the subplot, the the damsel in distress in this movie, uh, who was played by Joan Severance, who... Again, I, I started looking at... I was like, she looks really familiar. Just 80s. 80s, terrible movies. Yeah, she yeah. was all over the place. Yeah. Uh, so Kurt Fuller's character, Brell, the head of the network, <laughs> kidnaps her uh-huh. and tells Rip to go for 10 minutes in this match and then lose. Or he kills her. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, okay. So the, they fight for almost 10 minutes. And it just goes on all the while jump cutting to Samantha played by Joan Severance in the control booth and cutting to the brother crying being like come on Rip you can do it (laughs) as he has in a neck brace and just was she directing the match like through like cameras and all that stuff in the room no no she was just that was where they were holding her oh so she could kind of okay yeah so she could witness this guy that she kind of likes almost getting murdered oh man yeah do you think this is the most in-depth two people have talked about this movie in the last 20, 30. 25 years? It has to be. It, yeah. We should be in the Guinness Book of Records for doing this. Um, there may be some wrestling podcasts out there who have dissected uh, this That this is very for, true. I don't know. And what was with Rip's signature thing? It was like a... The hang loose. Well, it was, well, no, it was like a, a jab thing. We're both trying to do it. <laughs> right. Yeah, it was not like a hang hang 10. But it had like another finger there, like a half finger, like this. Yeah, it was like rip him up, rip what him. What? What is this though? It was their th- their hand gesture. I don't know what it. I don't know. I will have to put a picture. I will put a picture up on Twitter of what of what the rip him up symbol is. And if it hasn't already been done, maybe I'll do a T-shirt design that just says "rip him" and with the hand <laughs> gesture on a on do a it. powder blue shirt with white letters. You have some time before this comes out. Yeah, so <laughs> we can and, make that happen. And Hogan wore his exact get up that he does in the WWF, but just change the colors from yellow to blue. I was wondering about that. And I was like, and he wore that all day. Yeah. All day, er day, except for when they go to this fancy restaurant <laughs> where of course 
the server was like, we have a hamburger for you. <laughs> just like the chef comes out and he was like, oh, Monsieur Rip, would you like your favorite? And it was just like, what? Oh, boy. So other than that, he is in spandex. Yeah. The whole time. Going and, to the store, yeah. just walking around. And I think they, was there a championship belt? Yes. They may have like had sure. it closely resembled the WWE. Because oh, I okay. think Vince McMahon, who is the brainchild behind the WWF, mm-hmm. I, he, I think he was a producer and this is all his baby to like take his dudes from the ring into the silver screen. To the Hollywood Hills. The silver screen. Are we done talking about this movie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah do, so. we, do we want to talk about anything else Hogan has done? Because it's all crap from there. It's uh, worse. Yeah. Lastly, with this movie, with No Holds Barred, this has the weirdest ending. So after this like epic match between Zeus and, of course, he wins. Spoiler. <laughs> he wins. And everyone is like, yay. He turns to the camera, does his ripper symbol, credits. And it's like a freeze frame, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, of course it is a freeze frame. It is 1988. <laughs> like but it just like no like no, no like the, the brother did great the girl they like nothing in that circumstance you wonder like story wise after that part is over where does Zeus go from there right <laughs> after he... Zeus attempted to murder this man does he continue to wrestle does he get arrested does <laughs> he it's uh, there needs to be a sequel no no <laughs> no if any hollywood executives are listening to this Please do not do that. <laughs> okay. Wow. We got through that one. Enough Man. of... Okay, so that was three. My brain hurts. <laughs> three terrible movies. Now, we're going to go into a movie that is honestly in my top five favorite action movies all of right. all time. 1987. Another Arnold's production. Predator. Predator. Yeah. This movie is incredible. I yeah. love this movie. Right. Like, hands down... One of my favorite action movies of all time. This introduced us to what creature effects in sci-fi and action and horror could be. Right. And And we honestly have not really seen as good as this, as far as practical effects. Mm -hmm. We rarely see it, which is a huge shame. Totally agree. Yeah. I miss those old effects. And Predator was like definitely top of the line. Oh, yeah. That and Alien and... Um. Yeah, it was, it was when you see the mask open up the first time. Yeah, I mean it. It blew me away. So yeah, the only reason we we're talking about Predator. Yeah, we could talk about the movie for like, a long time. <laughs> amazing. Yeah, but Jesse the Body Ventura is in this movie as Blaine. As Blaine. Now wait, what was the um, chronology between this and Running Man? Was there like was it right uh, after? It came out the same year. Okay, so, so they were probably filmed. Around the same time. I want to say Running Man was earlier. Probably. And Schwarzenegger's like, hey, Jesse, you did a great job. Let's do this next one. And they're night and day com- uh, in oh, terms yeah. of uh, production value and... Mm-hmm. <clears throat> production value, script, yeah, story. I mean, everything. The difference with Ventura's involvement is this performance is very memorable. Yes. Um, there's, I think, every... Uh, mercenary in the predator team had memorable um mm-hmm. memorable uh, performances a, a line like i ain't got time to bleed yeah you know things like that people say that all i mean yeah it's a very quoted uh mm-hmm. his lines are quoted i'm sure there are other 
well, Schwarzenegger's lines from any movie are always quoted. <laughs> All of them. Yeah. But yeah, this movie, <clears throat> I think this was the first movie that I saw around, I mean, closer to when it came out mm-hmm. compared to the other ones. And so I did not even know that Jesse the Body was a wrestler at that time because he kind of had already retired, right? Yeah, he retired earlier on and he did a lot of the commentary. So he was like oh, okay. the, uh, the color announcer with usually Gorilla Monsoon, <laughs> who was the play-by-play. <laughs> and they did have color and play-by-play. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ventura was a very well-respected. He would uh, commentate on all the WrestleManias. and Well, he was actually, he was in No Holds Barred. Oh, uh, was in, he? In the beginning, when Rip was fighting, oh, that was what I forgot to mention. And No Holds Barred, <laughs> in the intro, Hulk Hogan is, is in whatever match real match he is in wwf match and he is fighting jake bullet is that a real guy no okay because it looked like a fat dan Aykroyd. <laughs> and oh yeah hashtag for this episode fat dan Aykroyd. no just kidding i love you dan Aykroyd. but it just like i will have to show you a picture because it this guy is huge looks like dan Aykroyd, but like <laughs> raccoon makeup on and jesse the body is on this on the side giving commentary with like a beaded head yeah, band? he wore that often. Oh, okay. Yeah, his fashion was, sure did. was out outer space. I, I want to talk more about Jake Bullet. <laughs> I wrote that down. I'm going to start a fan club. <laughs> oh, yeah, real bad. Um, okay, Predator, 1987, <laughs> fantastic movie. One of the rare movies that just happens to have a wrestler in it or former wrestler and is a great, great film. Yeah, yeah, and he was... Uh, I think he, they were all muscular dudes. Yeah, they were all big. Shiny, sweaty, bloody, muscular dudes. In college, oh man, this takes like, in college we played a drinking game to this movie where you had to take a drink every time they did certain things, one of which was gratuitous muscle shot, (laughs) which happens all the time. Yeah, yeah. So, (laughs) yeah, that was rough. But yeah, I mean, we really don't need to talk more about Predator because just go and watch it. Yeah. If you, well... Anyone listening to this who has not seen Predator, yeah, I will not take offense if you stop this right now. Go find it, watch it. It is amazing. Holds up, yeah. Jesse has a good death scene. Uh, he has a good freakout scene where he. Are we spoiling? Yeah, we're spoiling Predator. Whatever. Yeah, 1987. <laughs> they Come gave on. him a, a. I think it was a minigun, that mm-hmm. awesome gun, and he just chopped the forest down <laughs> with it. And, um. Yeah, he had a he had a good death, and. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was one of the first, like, forest clearing scenes with a minigun. Yeah. And that now you see it frequently. Yeah. So. That was a cool scene. Cool. All right, that was Predator. All right. Um, We'll go, actually, we'll keep the trend going of great movies that happen to have a wrestler in it before we get into the, I would say, arguably the most famous wrestler-led cult classic film. We will end with that one. Got it. So going down the list, next one. Uh, and I forgot to look at the year, but I, I should know it. The original Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire. 2003? I think so. Wow, was it that long ago? May 2003. Wow. Am I right? Uh, 2002. Two, yeah. Get out of here. You were wrong. May 3rd, 2002. Do you remember where you were when you saw it? I do. Yeah. I was. I absolutely do. I was in Indianapolis at a Star Wars convention. Ugh. <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> I think for Attack of the Clones. Cause, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> But I'll always remember seeing that. I mean, the hype was incredible. I remember the they had a poster at the theater where I was living at the time 
that was amazing. Like yeah. it was this huge poster. The eyes kind of had a shimmer to them. Oh yeah, I remember that. Really, really cool poster. Yeah. I remember the original uh trailer for this. The very first trailer that then they canned because it had the Twin Towers in it. Oh. Do you wow. remember that? Mm, I mean, there was a there was a bank uh a bank robbery scene and he chases them to the rooftop, they get into a helicopter. Oh, the helicopter, yeah. And it gets stuck in the web between the two towers. That was really I I thought that was so awesome. But yeah, it did kind of disappear. Yep. So then they completely pulled it from all marketing. Yeah, rightfully so, but that was that idea was really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, 2002 Spider-Man. <laughs> who, who is the wrestler in this one, Ryan? That would be Randall Poffo, aka the Macho Man Randy Savage. Wait, hold R- Randall Poffo? Real name Randall Poffo. Poffo. P O F F O. His dad was a wrestler. Uh, his brother was a wrestler. Um, and hmm. Randy um, was a gifted athlete. And there's a really good documentary about him. Really? I think it's just called Macho Man. I, came out a couple years ago. I will look it up while you while you keep talking. <laughs> I think it's just Macho Man or maybe Macho Madness. Okay. Um, he almost was a, I believe, a catcher for the Cincinnati Reds. He was a baseball player. Macho Man, the Randy Savage story. There you go. <laughs> okay. It's good. It's 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 really well done. Hmm. Uh, talks a lot about his life. But he was a gifted athlete. He had a lot of... Um, Oh, I I could talk about a lot about Macho Man. Watch right, the documentary. Right, started to it's, tear it's really up a little good. bit. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but he was gonna be a baseball player, and then he got into I think an injury caused him, mm. and he started wrestling. So, okay, yeah, yeah. So an injury took him out of baseball. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, why did I start talking about that? Well, because we were talking about Randall Buffo. Randall Buffo. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. Buffo. Oh, Sorry. So in the Spider Man. Mm-hmm. Um, mythology or the the storyline um he was started out as a wrestler and i don't know who he actually wrestled against and what is it in the like i forget well he was wrestling all of the amateurs yeah. in the movie uh but in like saw. the but in the original comic was there oh. one guy i don't know not that i can remember well, they created an extremely <laughs> gruff uh wild wrestler named Bonesaw McGraw who had an entourage of ladies Mm -hmm. and uh, it was funny when I first saw it I don't think I knew Macho Man was in it you there's no way you can hide that that's Randy Savage no he's just he's his own thing you're like awesome Macho Man is in this Mm -hmm. I'm gonna try to believe that he's a different character that's not Randy Savage (laughs) he looks the same he sounds exactly the same Mm -hmm. um they gave him some great lines. Yes. It was really memorable. It was a great wrestling scene. It was very over the top because it was mm-hmm. Sam Raimi. Uh, yep. And when I think about Sam Raimi, Sam Raimi directing a wrestling scene, it's, it's glorious. Thing of beauty. <laughs> yeah, with uh, Bruce Campbell being the ring announcer. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I heard that Randy took that role really seriously and wanted it to be, he was a perfectionist and he wanted mm-hmm. it to be done right. And he would, you know, make sure that everybody was happy. And he was did all the, his own stunts. I mean, he gets thrown around yeah. by Spider-Man and his powers. He gets flung around the ring pretty hard into, like, turnbuckles and ropes. And that, I think that's actually Randy getting flung around. And at this point in his career, he was, you know, getting a little older, um, mm-hmm. probably a little more creaky. Yeah. That being said, this was the most disturbing that I had seen Randy Savage <laughs> in a long time because... I mean, he he was so roided out. He got really big after when they WCW came around. He Mm. got, I mean, he yeah, he got really. If you look at young pictures of Randy, he was like not slender, but 
uh, definitely a way different physique. And he, the veins, yeah, and they enhance everything with this oil they put on their bodies. <laughs> His beard, yeah, it looked like they just used oil. Yep, <laughs> like just straight up like oil. They may have, and I think he dyed his beard at that point because he was self-conscious about uh, gray hair, and he was self-conscious about balding. Uh, yeah, these mm. are the things you pick up, I think, in the documentary. Interesting. Uh, we have Bone Saw. Bone Saw, great name. Great. Well, that was the thing is like, what was crazy is you take something like No Holds Barred, take a real wrestler, make him into a fake wrestler. There was no separation. It was like that is Hulk Hogan. Yeah, yeah. This like as Bone Saw, like Bone Saw McGraw could have been. Uh, it's own, his own wrestler. Yeah, yeah. Like it felt like in that five minutes we saw him more believable than in the hour and a half <laughs> in No Holds Barred. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, like the people in the crowd who had the big saws on their arms. Yeah. He was a fan favorite. Nobody had even come close to beating him. His thing was to try to last three minutes in the ring with him. Mm-hmm. Nobody could do it. I got you for three minutes. Three minutes of playtime. <laughs> hey, freak show. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't going nowhere. Uh, love it. So, so good. <laughs> and uh, Spidey ended up kicking his ass. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. And I see that wimpy kid uh, fling around that 300. Giant man. Well, yeah, that giant man. But, you know, that was, as far as I know, the only thing Randy's been in for really? uh, okay. cinema. I think he's been in some probably some music videos or something like that. <laughs> oh, God. Possibly. Yeah. yeah. And a cool side story. uh that um with my art career which was very flattering to me i did a macho man portrait mm-hmm. long ago and i heard that it recently a print found its way in the hands of his brother really lanny poffo who was wrestled as the genius um who's still you know alive and i think he's involved with wrestling mm. and that print was given to lanny and lanny gave it to his mom macho man's mother who's wow. this frail old lady who had a um collection of Macho Man memorabilia on her mantle and that print made it up there with the other stuff post uh, post his death so that's kind of touching to me and I think she passed away not too long ago that but, is awesome yeah it's pretty cool But and so for those of you who, who are listening who are like wait Ryan does art <laughs> obviously you have not listened to Ryan on the podcast before but Ryan is part of the the amazing duo of Berkeley illustration yes uh, so Ryan yeah is a phenomenal artist i do a lot of animal art but occasionally i'll get to do pop culture stuff and wrestling when i when i have time to do wrestling art it's Mm -hmm. it's uh it's fun for me and i wish i could do more of it can people so is that print still up on your shop do you think i believe so nice yeah i think so that would be very fitting for someone to go and get it (laughs) yeah so i pulled up randy savage's imdb oh i forgot another role he was in let me go wow I mean, come on now. It lists all the WCW things. Just stop it. Yeah. Just, just no. Uh, I mean, yeah, it just looks like some music videos. Um, he had a great memorable role. Can I tell you what I'm talking about? Yeah, go ahead. He was. <laughs> I'm trying to scroll through all the SummerSlam, Royal Rumble. Those he, are not movies. He did voice work for Space Ghost as Space Ghost's grandfather. Oh, my God. And I highly recommend. Amazing. Uh, anybody who's a remotely. Uh, interested fan of <laughs> Randy to Google or not YouTube the uh, the Space Ghost Grandpa because he's got that Macho Man voice and I think he's a frail old guy who dresses like Space Ghost with a beard. It's awesome. It's so <laughs> funny. Space Ghost man, we should do an episode of Old School Adult <sighs> Swim. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That would be fantastic. Yeah. Uh, it looks like he did. Uh, he was in an episode of Walker Texas Ranger. 
Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Not surprising. <laughs> uh, he did a voice on Duck Dodgers. Okay. Okay. Did a voice on King of the Hill. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, so it looks like as far as a movie movie, yeah, this is probably it. Yeah. I, he could have been in a lot of stuff. He had that personality. He, yeah. In wrestling, you have, like, people with so much charisma mm-hmm. that it's just, like, oozing. Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, and Macho Man are, like, the top three. And it's surprising that Macho Man and Warrior weren't in more stuff, but... Macho Man. Who is Ric Flair? Who is Ric Flair? Who is Ric Flair? <laughs> like, what was it? What was his name though? Ric Flair. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought he had like, no, not the nat- uh, the Nature Boy. Oh, Nature Boy. Nature okay, Boy. Gotcha. He came from WCW, and I don't think he's. I'm not a big Ric Flair fan, but I don't think he's been in really anything notable. So we hmm. can't we can't talk about Ric today. I think that was the other thing though. Like, just to touch on the old school wrestling of of our youth. Mm-hmm. These dudes were like 40. Even back then. Yeah. Like, when I see random images now of new wrestling, and I have some friends who still really love wrestling. Yeah. I love you guys. <laughs> uh, and you always invite me over to watch the new WrestleManias. Um, but it just, like, there are younger people, it seems like, who are actually professional wrestlers. Yeah. Whereas, like, in our youth, I think, was there, like, a karate kid or karate? There's, like, I remember, like, one younger person, but then everyone else is just old. They seemed old to us, like our dad's age almost. Yeah. Like kind of dad wrestlers. <laughs> <laughs> and they had those bodies. Yeah, and we're probably older than they were then now. Possibly. And which is really freaks me out to think that. That's kind of crazy. Uh, are you talking about Ricky the Dragon Steamboat? That could be it. Okay. Wow. He he maybe looked a little younger, but... And speaking of which, he had probably the best match in history against Randy Savage in WrestleMania three. Oh, my gosh. All right. Back to cinema. Back <laughs> this, to cinema. This guy over here. All right. So that was Spider-Man. Go see this movie. I mean, <laughs> everyone has already seen this movie, but again, fantastic movie. Just happened to have a wrestler in it for like a hot five minutes. Yeah, a very but it was perfect. important part of this story, too. Of yeah. Spider-Man's origin. For sure. Uh, the last good movie that we will talk about, which is, again, I, I put Predator in my top five action movies. This next movie is in my top three favorite movies of all time. I doubt it will ever get pushed out of my top three i've talked about it on a on the podcast a bunch of times 1987 the princess bride yeah this film is perfect i have said it before (laughs) when i think of a perfect film there is not anything you could change to make it better yeah not one part of this movie could you change to make it better right i can i'll agree with that i would hope so absolutely uh and it stars and and like legitimately like as a guest star like i mean not just as a foil not just other five minutes but andre the giant is a huge character in this movie literally literally (laughs) so and was this was this his only movie that you know of no he's been in a couple others i mean with that height and size they used i mean not a ton of stuff but i'll Mm -hmm. talk about a little bit more later but yeah so with princess bride i mean his role of course you know is Mm -hmm. Incredibly, incredibly memorable, not just for his size, but again, he was a wrestler that when I saw this, I maybe as a kid knew that he was a wrestler, but again, like Jesse the Body, I had not seen him actually wrestling because he had been done with that for probably quite a while. Yeah. When did he, when did he stop wrestling? Uh, I want to say, well, when did Princess Bride was 80? Princess Bride came out in 87. I don't think he wrestled too much after that. Okay. He he was really hobbled with injuries, yeah. in particular his back. He had a major back surgery. And he had a disease where his he kept growing. 
Well, I mean, gigantism is, I mean, a pituitary gland disorder yeah. that really, really messes with people. And most people, it kills them. Yeah. Like if you are over like seven foot something, like it just, our bodies are not meant to hold that much. And he was like 500 pounds. Yeah, he was big. And seven, how much, how tall was he? Like seven feet? Seven, they built him at seven, four. Jeez. I think he was more close to seven, two or three, but still just yeah, doesn't matter. He's a tree. <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. And, and in this movie, so you played Fezzik. Yeah. Uh, tell the listeners about Fezzik. Well, uh, I think you know this. You read the book, right? And you, S. Morgan Stern. Uh, yeah. Um, you probably know more about the actual character, but um, Andre going into this, like I said, uh, he was hobbled by injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, I was... The the studios took a chance on him because his English isn't great. And on nope. top of that, he's got a really gra- gravelly, just low voice because mm-hmm. of his size. Yep. So I would imagine they did a lot of takes with his lines. And I don't think he didn't have too many speaking lines. Um, but he did a great job. Fantastic job. And he's very endearing. Mm-hmm. He's played a, a scary villain in wrestling. And I guess that was my question. That was one of my questions. Not knowing his wrestling career, as you do. Was he a face or was he a heel? He went back and forth a lot. Okay, um, and the big, uh, the biggest, you know, WrestleMania three is when him and Hulk Hogan, Hogan yep. fought, and they were best friends. They were billed as best friends, and Andre turned on him. Oh. And after that, you know, he was this villain for years, and then he mm. did a face turn at some point towards the end of his career. Um, and so he went into the Princess Bride as a hero, as a good guy, gotcha. which is good. Um, and yeah, he was. Um, he was one of my favorite parts of the movie for sure. And mm-hmm. Funny. Um, he looked, his costume was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and rarely, I mean, because when you see him wrestling, like you always knew he was big. Yeah. But even Hulk Hogan is like 6'6". Like Hulk Hogan is a big dude also. Yeah. When you see Andre the Giant in a movie with regular people. Like it, Wallace Shawn. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Carrie Elwes, maybe yeah. Tinkin, like anybody. You truly see how big he was standing next to normal people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he was huge. Yeah, and the story. I mean, one of the sad parts about Princess Bride, and you touched on a little bit, was how hobbled he was by these injuries. The famous scene where you know Buttercup jumps out of the window and he is holding her. He could not do that. Like she was actually yeah. hoisted in his arms because even the weight of her at like maybe a buck twenty-five. Yeah. He could not even do that. And yeah, I think he wore a back brace for that scene. And yeah, I mean, it just so it just it breaks your heart, right? Yeah, but it w- it was done cinematically mm-hmm. perfectly. So you know, you don't really think about that stuff. I think he had a back surgery, and there was a big deal because the doctors didn't know how to how much anesthesia to give him because of his Oof. size. And there are legendary stories of his alcohol his tolerance, drink, yeah, and what <laughs> it took to get him drunk. And again, another podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to segue, because I don't think we're going to talk too much more about Andre movies, but he was in Conan the Destroyer. Oh, of course. Of course. As the, I don't know what it's called, but the demon at the end. He was in mm-hmm. a suit and he was giant. Yep. The famous picture of Arnold Schwarzenegger standing in the middle of Wilt Chamberlain yeah. and Andre the Giant. I was going to say. Arnold looks tiny. I was going to say, yeah, if you want to talk about like size, him and Wilt, Google that image. Mm-hmm. Um, he looks like a little kid compared to those guys. Yeah. Yeah. Which is amazing, because again, Arnold is not a small man. No. Even back then, when he was much skinnier, and just his physique was just much more athletic and lean, Yeah, 
looking up to these guys, it was crazy. Right. And speaking of skinny and lean, when Andre started out wrestling, mm-hmm. uh, he was a. It's tough to picture him lean, but he mm-hmm. was very lean, and he just kind of you know got a lot bigger, like we said. But there's all these really cool photos of him, black and white pictures in like the maybe 60s 70s of him mm. like holding women on his arms you ever oh, see yeah, those yeah. pictures mm-hmm. like he can have like four women on each arm and uh standing Jeez. next to all these short wrestlers wrestlers that were big but next mm-hmm. to him were just you know tiny people crazy yeah. so another example fantastic movie had a wrestler in it that legitimately had a role and it was beautiful yeah like under the giant as fezic is one of the most heartwarming, endearing, lovable characters of our generation. Yeah. And I know that a lot of the actors have great Andre stories. Oh, it breaks. Like, <laughs> so I have two different versions of the special edition Princess Bride yeah. on DVD. And they have, yeah, documentaries and they talk about it. The way that these actors talk about Andre, yeah. it just it makes you just ball. Yeah. Because they're just like, he was the nicest person. Like, he would have to, like, they had special chairs for him to sit down because it, the world is not meant, is not built no. for people that size. Yeah. And so, yeah, everyone just gushes about him and says how lovable he was. So, yeah. Tremendous. And one quick Andre story. Growing up, my uh, family friend, um, my dad's friend, said he was on a plane with Andre the Giant once hmm. in, like, the 80s. And if you're a regular-sized human listening to this, take all your fingers and, and put them together in a point all together. Done it. And... Andre took off one of his rings and the ring would fit around all of like your fingers, like easily his fingers. Were, he had giant hands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but okay. So people speak nicely of Andre, but there was mm-hmm. a side to him where he was very, he didn't like people because his whole life he had people asking him about his height yeah. and wanting pictures with him. Cause mm-hmm. he was, you can't walk around like that yeah. and not get recognized every second by everybody. So that really got to him. And I've read, I've heard a lot of people, you know, wrestlers talk about how he just became a curmudgeon. Yeah. But I can see being on the set for something magical like that movie mm-hmm. and getting to know the actors. And you know, he would take him out drinking, I think. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think uh, Carrie always has a book out, mm-hmm. which I want to read. Mm-hmm. I think it's all about Princess Bride stories. Yeah. And did you read it? I've not read it yet. I mentioned it on an episode a while ago. And I've been meaning to. Yeah. Uh, but I, I definitely want to. Can't wait to check that out. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. So that was Princess Bride. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful movie. Has a wrestler in it. All right. And the last movie on, <laughs> on our list. Uh, 1988. Now, this is a movie. They're all in those late 80s. <laughs> well, the golden age. This is a movie that is critically panned. And I think it is critically panned more because it is the most successful. Yeah. I say most successful begrudgingly, mainly because John Carpenter directed it. Yeah. John Carpenter is the biggest name of all of these little things like No Holds Barred, Hell Comes to Frogtown, all of those. So the movie, 1988, starring again, Rowdy Roddy Piper, They Live. Yeah. Probably one of the, <laughs> considered one of the best cult horror movies for sure. Maybe one of the best cult movies. I mean. Yeah. Okay, yeah. It's very good. In the last however many years, it's really gotten... The status has been... Mm -hmm. um, Ratcheted up a little bit. Yeah, it has been. So, this movie... (laughs) Do do you want to try and explain the plot, or or should I... uh... You just watched it recently. I know the the basics of it, but... Basically, and I will just read this. 
right off of IMDb because it is <laughs> one sentence. <laughs> okay. A drifter discovers a pair of sunglasses that allow him to wake up to the fact that aliens have taken over the Earth. And that's it? Man. That is it. Aliens. I guess I forget they're aliens. I think they're just more earthbound creatures. But And they never go into it. No, they don't go into any like spaceships or anything like no. that. No. There is one laser beam at the very, very end. <laughs> I was like, okay, where did that come? What? <laughs> like, does not make any sense. Here is here is the thing. My first thing with this movie, like I said, directed by John Carpenter, mm-hmm. who is a very very well known director. Yeah, he knows how to make a film. Yeah, he knows how to shoot a film. It looks great, and Rowdy Roddy Piper is trying. <laughs> he is trying so hard that almost makes it worse because he is not good. <laughs> yeah, I. Maybe you can answer this since you just it's fresh in your mind. Mm-hmm. Why do you think they chose what qualify why were Piper? Why did Honestly, they, did they have... need a big dude? <laughs> no. No. Because I... they did not explain anything in this movie. So he was lucky to grab this role. For yes. whatever audition he did. Yep. Maybe his hell come for frog town on his resume <laughs> oh, got him the part. Car- Carpenter was like, Oh, I gotta get that guy. <laughs> before anyone else does, I gotta get him. Yeah. I mean, because like before this movie before you know they live big trouble in little china the mm-hmm. thing escape yeah. from new york the fog halloween like yeah john carpenter is legendary yeah why this movie and why this actor great questions <laughs> i just and though the, i just do not have answers to them it just it is bizarre so yes he plays a grifter has a pair of huge sunglasses. Did he happen to have them from the get-go, or did he like find some in a trash? I feel like he found them, but then a second pair shows up out of nowhere yeah. that I cannot remember how. Yeah, This movie makes no sense. <laughs> um, so he puts on these glasses, and the aliens, using air quotes, that he sees are kind of skeletal skeletal faces with like bulging eyes but they keep that hair nice and nice and tidy (laughs) right and so essentially they are all among us they are everywhere and humans interact with them never knowing right why what i like about that is not everybody is true revealed to be an alien Mm -hmm. every once in a while you'll see a regular person when you put these glasses on but the majority of them seem to be these secret uh aliens yeah (laughs) <laughs> well, there's the whole consumerism. Mm-hmm. Th- there was a big push on that. And that was the thing is John Carpenter, great director. When he would put on the glasses, when uh, <clears throat> Roddy Roddy Piper, uh, his character, what was his character's name? Not as dumb as Sam Hell. <laughs> um, nada. Yeah, nada. Wow. I like how the characters, I'm just reading IMDb. None of them have last names. <laughs> you have Nada, Frank, Holly, Drifter, Gilbert. <laughs> wow. Imagine getting that script. Oh, what's my name? Frank. Anything else? Nope. Frank. Go. Come so, on, Frank. When when Nada puts on these sunglasses, the world goes black and white. Yeah. And then he can see that the magazine covers are, you know, buy now, buy now, stay awake, or no, no, stay stay asleep or something. So you are constantly absorbing and being bombarded with these subliminal messages by these aliens. For no reason whatsoever. Yeah. We never get to know the, know the motivations. It just happens. Because it's not like you can transform into them eventually if you consume enough or obey yeah. enough. You're just going to be a human zombie. 
while they're running around still uh, displaying these images everywhere? <laughs> displaying. What's the their <laughs> ultimate goal? No idea. <laughs> no idea. Um, he does in this movie again tie the flannel shirt yeah. around his waist. Mm-hmm. So he he likes to throw in the kilt thing because he was from Scotland, right? Uh, he was from <laughs> uh, I think Manitoba, Canada. <laughs> <laughs> right. Billed as a Scotsman, the but, Highlands of Manitoba. <laughs> yeah, I think he had some kind of Scotch heritage that he was proud of. But they ran with it, and um, yeah. and he does play or. Rest in peace. He did play the bagpipes, correct? Yeah. He was a gifted bagpipe player. He would uh, sometimes go out to play his own ring entrance music with a, a really? band behind him. Yeah. Um, I've seen him play many. He, he enjoyed playing the bagpipes. It's kind of hmm. cool. All right. Kind of unique. Good for him. Uh, so if you remember in this film, once he finds out, because he puts on the glasses back and forth, back and forth, trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Once he actually recognizes what is happening, killing spree. By him. Yeah. By him. Yeah. He goes around just murdering these aliens with no plan yeah. whatsoever. Like, and just goes about, just start, starts doing it. Nobody else knows that these are aliens. So all they see <laughs> is a psychopath walking around the streets with shotguns. And sunglasses. What? <laughs> yeah. I. Where'd he get the firearm? Well, initially, two cops tried to oh, yeah. rough him up. And when they saw that he had the glasses, they saw yeah. that. They knew that he could see what they are. And then didn't he, he in turn murder them? Yeah, he murdered them. Yep, <laughs> straight up. Uh, murdered them, took all their guns, went into a bank and just starts killing people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, man, I have to watch it again. Now you're, you're, you're getting me all excited to watch some of these movies again. <laughs> I'm going to go on a Piper marathon. Oh, no. <laughs> this does have the very famous line that has been done a bunch of times i'm so sick of hearing this but go ahead no oh no you go ahead then since uh... no i'm not gonna say it you can say it so <laughs> i came here to chew bubble gum and kick ass and i'm all out of bubble gum and then when i when i first heard this in high school i thought that was the greatest thing and uh pretty clever but i think it's just i'm involved in a lot of pop culture kind of art um shows and and, and i see a lot of they live stuff in mm. like um i don't know independent merchandise and all this stuff and that wow. that line is just it was funny to me a long time ago now it's like um that's not my favorite part of the movie i don't fair think. enough yeah my favorite version of that very famous line is on the it crowd uh-huh. when moss is doing a spelling competition and he was like i came here to drink milk and kick ass <laughs> and i'm all out of milk <laughs> it was amazing um so okay you said that was not your favorite part of the this movie what is your favorite part of this movie? Please tell me. <laughs> I I do like the, the the design of the creatures. I thought it was kind of funny. Okay. It, they're red and blue for some reason. Yeah. They have like sparkly eyeballs. Mm-hmm. They're skeleton. They're, it's like a skeleton, but not some musculature really. kind of stretched yeah. over it. And you see like a woman with long hair, and it just kind of freaks you out when she's got that face. And mm-hmm. uh, seeing their jaws move, I thought that visual was pretty cool. Not necessarily scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but kind of interesting. Because um, John Carpenter, like, he knows that. Like, when you, if you will go back and watch The Thing. Yes. Like, he knows how to work with creature effects. Yeah. He knows is. how to make it look convincing. Right. You know, that willing suspension of disbelief. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, favorite part? Well, I thought the fight scene was unique. We got to talk about the fight scene. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because of what it is. It they Actually, watching it is torturous, but it's funny that it's like a, I think it holds a record. So, yeah, I wrote that down saying, 
I thought the no holds barred fight <laughs> scene was ridiculous and long. So Rowdy Roddy Piper at one point is fighting with his friend, yeah, a human played by Keith David, whose character's name is Frank, <laughs> and they just punch about in an hour about almost ten minutes. Yeah, because. <laughs> Frank refuses to put on sunglasses. Mm-hmm. The whole basis of the fight, Rowdy is just like, no, just put them on. And he was like, no, put them on. Punch. Yeah. And then they just go on. Yeah. And they do some rough, like, they do. suplexes and on the hard cement <laughs> in the cars. Which, again, you would die. Yeah, you would. But uh, it, um, you just keep thinking that fight's over. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, we're going to go to a different scene now. And it just Mm-mm. keeps going. And. <laughs> YouTube it, people. <laughs> oh, I'm sure the whole cut is on YouTube. And it, I think it does clock in at like seven minutes. Yeah, I want to say even longer than that, maybe. But so ridiculous. Yeah, that was entertaining. It so, was. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'd, I'd watch that scene again a couple times. Why not? Well, then, like, the movie ends. And talk about unsatisfying endings. Uh, Nada is up on the rooftop, <laughs> tries to shoot at guys in the helicopter. They gun him down. You never see any bullets or blood. Yeah. Because probably they cannot afford it or whatever. <laughs> they gun him down. Then a laser beam comes out of the sky, blows up something on the rooftop. He flips them off, and then it goes on. Wow. And I it didn't... lasts like they could end it right there if they wanted to just end it, just be done. Yeah. It has another two minutes where then people start to see these creatures. Uh huh. And it shows in the last like 60 seconds a topless woman <laughs> for no <Yeah>. reason whatsoever. <laughs> like, why yeah like it was just the most random scene all to then all predicated on the fact that people can now see these aliens okay yeah (sighs) maybe they were like you know what we just made a movie with no boobs let's throw a little (laughs) bit at the end checking down the list of 80s tropes in an r-rated movie for good measure yeah yeah one thing about the um piper in that movie i always every time i watch that movie i look at him in his clothes, he's like wearing baggy clothes and mm-hmm. big boots, and he's got that big feathery hair. He looks massive as a person. Like he's just yeah. so, like, it's it's weird. And his, I think his shirt's tucked in. He's got a big flannel, and he just looks like a big dude compared to everybody. Hmm. And I'm like, well, Pi- Roddy Piper is a big guy, but when you see him in the wrestling ring, with only in his you know his tights, <laughs> right? He's not big by any stretch compared to the other guys. He almost he's like a little on the smaller side. So it just hmm. goes to show that these wrestlers were massive people Yeah, to, you know, to see him in the movie, um, looking like that. And then, yeah, pretty crazy. Yeah. So, wow. Good job. That was a lot of stuff. <laughs> that was a lot of stuff. We talked about, uh, seven, uh, seven different movies that feature wrestlers in one way or another, just to run down that list real quick. Hell comes to Frogtown, which is just <laughs> painful. The Running Man, entertaining 80s action schlock. No Holds Barred. Just, again, a team of 15-year-old boys, I think you like, wrote and directed this movie. <laughs> Predator, brilliant film. Top five action movies of all time. Yep. Spider-Man, fantastic film. Mm-hmm. Without Spider-Man, we would not be where we are right now at the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Absolutely. Granted, yes, I noticed Sony before. All the nerds are like, but it's not the Marvel Cinematic <laughs> Universe. It is now because yeah. Sony and Marvel made a deal. So, yeah. But yeah, without that movie, before that, we had Spawn and Blade. So, <laughs> Blade was decent, but it it wasn't going to 
spawn <laughs> any oh. any other any other uh <laughs> terrible yes yeah, yeah yeah so spider-man definitely check that out princess bride i could talk about that movie all the time yeah brilliant movie and they wrapped up with they live <laughs> the most popular movie starring a wrestler of the golden age people might be like but gina carano has been in movies the rock has been in movies yeah. yes absolutely the rock if we we're talking modern day yeah. bona fide star yeah 100 percent undeniable but golden age is yeah. what we're sticking with people right um i have an honorable mention or two Ooh, yes. real quick uh i don't want to leave uh george the animal steals performance in ed wood okay he was a huge bald guy right yeah, he played tor johnson and they just looked exactly alike and he didn't mm. have a lot of speaking roles he kind of just played a big dolt wait tor johnson oh right, right from plan out of outer plan out of outer space yeah yep um gotcha. That was a great uh, performance by George. I think he's been in commercials, um, mm-hmm. aside from that. Um, King Kong Bundy was <laughs> oh, in at and, least. And I know that my friends who are listening to this, Tim, I know you're listening to this, People's Critic. <laughs> I know that you know who these people are. Every time Ryan mentions these names, I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> but hey, go ahead. Sorry, hey, I digress. Tim, do you remember King Kong Bundy and Married with Children? <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, I know he was at least in at least one episode of that. Oh, um, he was? Like, actually? Yeah. Wow. And something else. I, I almost want to say a movie called Moving with Richard Pryor. Hmm. But there might have been another big, bald, obese guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So they all look the same to you. Okay. Could all have right. been the guy who played Dynamo. They, they look kind of similar. Mm, all right. I think um, that guy died. Yeah, he did. Okay. Um, Hulk Hogan's been a lot of other crap. Oh, oh and then the Ultimate Warrior. Oh, uh, yeah. What was, what was he in? He was in nothing except for like a... <laughs> I highly encourage listeners to Google um, the Ultimate Warrior in a Phil Collins music video. Oh, no. Uh. I think you get to see Phil Collins in wrestling tights, very skinny, uh doing battle with the ultimate warrior in some ring it's just ridiculous wow i wrote that down i'm circling it i will put that in the show notes at the bottom yep i think it's a phil collins song and he had potential he looks like a barbarian Hmm. i'm surprised he didn't get cast in like you know wizards and warrior (laughs) some crappy (laughs) fantasy sword and sandal genre yeah Mm -hmm. but he didn't um i think that's kind of everybody i can think of okay but that was a lot of fun. That, that was, and again, only because I love you, my friend, <laughs> did I spend my my time yeah. powering through these movies. Because again, some of them I had seen before. Some of them I had seen clips of before. And it was only until I watched it from beginning to end, I was like, oh, this is why yeah. nobody talks about this movie. Yeah. yeah. So There weren't a lot of standouts. No, but I do appreciate it. I'm always in the market for just bizarre films and especially like weird genre type things like this yeah so yeah excellent uh so quick plug again for ryan's amazing art uh it is berkeley illustration ryan where can people find you on internets all over uh instagram the berkeley's not like the city in the bay area but it's uh, b-e-r-k-l-a-y uh, my wife takes really cool pictures mm-hmm. about our business she and a, a couple of cool kid pictures. Um, <laughs> Facebook, Berkeley Illustration. Uh, we don't really do Twitter. Um, and then the website, Berkeley Illustration, which is if you ever need animal art, I have a lot of it. Yes. And if you want to pick up some wrestling art, 
definitely check that out. See if it is still on there. Yeah. Um, or other pop culture, pop culture art. stuff for sure. And there's and there's a portfolio page on there that has some uh, some wrestling stuff on there. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> I, I just <laughs> there there's still and the problem is there are still so many movies that we could talk about. So maybe we will do a part two to this someday <laughs> if I can get through it. I could watch some new wrestler movies, some rock movies, and we can okay. Because I have this. seen those. Yeah, so I mean, The Rock is really taken off as mm-hmm. I mean, he's an exception to wrestler turned movie star for sure, times a million. It's it's crazy, and he's nobody got, could, nobody could have expected that. Yeah, and he's got roots in you know his his uncles and father were wrestlers. Say, yeah, like uh, lineage. Yeah, yeah, and his. He's got to be the big, the biggest action star for sure right now. It's yeah. kind of kind of crazy how that that happens. That is pretty crazy. Uh, well, just like Randy Savage versus <laughs> Ric Flair at WrestleMania Eight, we have seen some ups and downs, and it was <laughs> over before anyone expected it. Ooh. That was the only reference I had. That's pretty good. And You're, I had and I had to Google accurate. that one. <laughs> it's accurate. That was a good match. That, that was me trying to fit in with the wrestling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So I have been your host, that guy named John. You can find this podcast, About to Review, at About to Review on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, if you want to send me an email saying a fantastic wrestling movie that you love, <laughs> you can do that to About to Review at Gmail. Dot com. You can stream the episodes on the website, abouttreeview.com. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can listen to it on Stitcher. It is everywhere. <laughs> uh, the other thing is on patreon.com. If you want to pitch in, a do- pitch in a dollar and help keep the lights on, my amazing on-air sign over here, uh, you can do that. On Patreon, we have some bonus content and extra features. So there you have it. We have talked all about movies starring wrestlers in one way or another i've been joined by ryan berkeley i have been your host that guy named john rip em. <laughs> and we will see you next time <laughs> this has been an about to review production thank you to vexing media who provides audio editing services they are a graphic design website design and digital media company you can find them at their website vexingmedia.com or on facebook and twitter at vexingmedia.com